The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. You can do better than that. Lift your voice. Give me praise. Hallelujah. Let's make a bold faith declaration before we get into the word this morning. Lift your right hand and declare with me in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter how bad the financial challenges are, how difficult it looks, and how long it has been there. I boldly declare that through the sacrifice of Jesus on Calvary's cross, the problem has been fixed. The solution has been made available. The answers have been revealed. And today, in this season of my life, whatever I need to know, whatever I need to learn, whatever changes I need to make, whatever adjustments I need to bring into my life, I will receive them and I will walk in them so that every financial challenge in my life will be fixed and I will have control total control of the wealth and riches that are mine in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to me. It will take control. I can say you will never be broke another day in your life. Relevant which country you are living in. Relevant your background. I love that line in that song. There's no lie. It won't tear down. Many people keep Lives. Ah, I'm a woman, that's why I can't be rich. Who told you that? Isn't the richest, uh, the richest woman in Africa? The one Nigerian woman. Oh, I'm too old. That's why I can't move. Who told you that? Hey, I've made too many mistakes. Who told you that? The truth has been more rascally than the political song. And the good news, glory to God, is that God is more prodigal. God is more reckless in love, not in rascality. God is more reckless than your sin. Hallelujah. Hey, it's Nigerian economy. That's why you are broke. No, that's a lie. That's what they is in Nigeria. Praise God. <laughs> that's not why you are broke. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and say, Father, grant me wisdom. Grant me faith. And grant me the garment of praise. Take control of my wealth and riches. So that the proper garment of praise in your life, with the proper kind of faith in your heart and in your mouth, and with the proper wisdom of your mind guiding your life, never be broken other than your life. Oh, hallelujah. If you believe that with me, lift your hands and shout aloud, Hallelujah. Welcome your neighbor one more time. Please get seated. We bring this series to a close today. And we've shared a number of things, a lot of things. I want to encourage again anyone and everyone going through any kind of financial difficulty. Please, I'm bringing you good news. You don't have to continue living life that way. Don't. Just need to learn 
again, I testify to the glory of God before you. I have never experienced poverty one day in my life. Forty-one days I've come and gone now. One day. And when I say poverty, I mean ah, I wanted to give you some money. I wanted to pay rent for some money. I wanted to buy clothes. And it's very possible that you gave people that you are okay, they're actually poor. You just don't know it. That's really a problem. And again, more recently, over a decade has come and gone now that there's no money for your assets in the world. And these things have taken you, and things have been, that by the grace of God, God has shown me, apart from things I have learned, from things I realized my parents were doing. Because these are the only Christians that have money. They are unbelievers that have money. So this thing cuts across religious lines. Check anybody that has one. They are not wasters. They are not. And again, I want to go back to wisdom control. That's the first wisdom you need to learn. Stop wasting what you have. Glory be to God. Let me backtrack a little bit as well. Three controls. Examining yourself is a word that God has given us for this year. Two years ago, He told us how markets. From time to time, learn to assess where you are in the light of what has been made available to you through redemption. Please learn to do these things. Companies do them. There is no leading company anywhere in the world that will not have monthly reports, quarterly reports, annual reports. I'm an accountant, I know. That's what those accounts or reports are for. They are how market reports. How are we doing in the light of what we set up this company for? How much did we make? How much did we spend? Are we making enough that we can be making? Are we spending more than we should be spending? And when they see that things are out of sync, they make adjustments. Somebody shout how market. Christians will learn to live by how market. There's nobody that is perfect. There's nobody that can't make mistakes. To be going around and not assessing yourself from time to time. It's a proud life. You are not saying it with your mouth, but you are displaying it with your actions. You are telling yourself, telling God and telling the devil, I don't need to make adjustments. And it's wrong. And it's always leading to disaster. Number two, why is it like this? That's, that's where our market will lead you. We made 20 million. Why did we make 20 million? Could we have made 200 million? Could we have made $2 billion? Are there opportunities available to us that we are not seizing? Praise God. We spent $1 million on, on diesel. Should we spend $1 million on one Why is our life like this? It's not a question to depress you. Glory be to God. It's a question to improve you. I've given you over and over again the background of when that word came to me. It was in that season that God doubled our income. And I was actually thanking God and praising God. When God does something for you, put on a garment of praise and give him the accolades. That's what I was doing. And in the moment of, in the face of that um, experience, God told me, you know, double is one fold. And I can do tenfold. I can do thirtyfold. You know, already your Bible says he told us that I can do a thousand times more. 
my automatic response, I don't, you just want to say, why is my life like this? Why am I taking one when you can do 1,000? God will tell you things like, spend more time in prayer. This is the kind of prayer I should be praying now. Like you showed me yesterday. You want to start praying this kind of prayer. I wasn't praying before. And if you are humble and smart and responsive enough, tap your neighbor to your left and to your right and say, then you respond to God. People are just not responding. God corrects you if you don't respond. God teaches you if you don't respond. God anoints you if you don't respond. God opens the door for you if you don't respond. God promotes you if you don't respond. God gave us multi million dollar property in America. Who are we looking for? I'll tell you the truth, George. You tell the truth. You face my operation. And the response, what I told him. Let's not argue. Respond. Praise God. And now this year he said, see the places of when you get answers wise and that it's now examining yourself. Really, to be able to answer why it's my life like this, you need to examine yourself. If they are telling you to examine your faith, if they are having financial challenges, do you really believe that through redemption, Jesus has given you riches? Are you living and responding in faith in the light of that revelation? You just make adjustments. Maybe you need to spend more time confessing the word. Maybe you need to spend more time with, uh, meditating in the world. These are the principles of faith we taught in this church. Again, I'm not here to teach faith. Go to the library, get books, get resources about faith. If you see or the Spirit is convicting you, your faith needs to come to a higher level. And in a sense, all of us, our faith needs to come to a higher level. Also experience more. Don't remain on the same level of faith. That is not the right response. Can I hear a loud amen? Examine your wisdom. And I'm going to go back there today. I think that's probably the biggest challenge for many Christians. Just not why where money and finances are concerned. And like we said the last time, this life of spending everything that comes into your hands, you can excuse it however you like. The Bible calls it foolishness. Foolishness. And if you don't know what to do, then ask God for wisdom. How can I start saving on 1,000 naira income that comes in every now and then? I don't even have a fixed income. God will tell you how you can do it. How did God help the widow with two mice to give an offering that we are still talking about thousands of years after? Somebody say wisdom. Wisdom. He will light up the shadows so you can see what to do. Glory be to God. They prayed. That one should be more demonstrated than prayed. Let me go on here. I want to close today. So, in order not to be a wasteful person, learn to keep storehouses. That's where we stop talking about wisdom control. Learn to keep storehouses. Learn to save. It's not about the amount. It's about the principle. I have learned from experience. Opportunities come to everybody. Time and chance. The Bible says the exact happen to all. 
but only people that have stored up something can seize the opportunities, including financial opportunities when they come. They can take advantage of it. And you can think about your life. How many times an opportunity came to do something and I'm not talking fake investment to not Specto and all those. What's the one that just crashed now? MMM. The business crash, the founder of the business crashed. No, no, no. I'm not talking rubbish like that. Things we've made those mistakes before. If a policy in this ministry, no pastor should get involved in any more marketing. No pastor or things we should do any rubbish. Now we can't force members. So we can lead by example. So if in our pastor's handbook, Rubbish takes in. That's not what I'm talking about. Praise God. Opportunities come to everybody. But some people can't seize the opportunities. May you never miss any divine opportunity that comes your way again in the name of Jesus. Keep a storehouse. And I want to answer questions that that throws up. Ah, Pastor, I, I don't, I'm not even earning enough money. That's where I want to start from. I've mentioned a bit along that line. So, the, the, the place to save is not there. Let me light up some candles this morning. If you are not earning enough money, not making enough money, you need to do more work. Please, I'm going to give you answers. You may not like them, but don't throw them back into the ocean or don't ignore them. Anybody that you feel, I am not earning enough, and that is practically everybody, do more work. That's how money comes. Be smarter at the work. Do it bigger. Do it better. Be wiser at what you do. Praise God. Look at why you don't have enough money or why you are not earning enough money. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 from verse 10. For even when we were with you, Apostle Paul writes to the Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians 3 and 10, we commanded you this, if anyone does not walk, neither should he eat. That is the law of the kingdom. Eat death fix of provision. Walk there is what you do to position yourself for the grace for provision that God has made available to come into your life. I told you the other time, there are three areas God blesses you. You need to be in those three areas as you ought. God's blessing has been poured out on every Christian, every child of God, but it comes on number one, the work of your hand. But no, number one, your storehouses. Deuteronomy 8, I believe verse 8. It comes on number one, the Lord will command the blessing upon your storehouses. Have storehouses. Number two, he will bless the work of your hands. Do something. And number three, he will bless you in the land that he has promised you. Find your place in God's purpose and plans. If you are not in any of those three areas as you ought, that should be a prayer point and a wisdom quest for you. So somebody will now say, hey, I've been looking for work, I can't find work. I'm going to answer that in a minute. He that does not work, anyone, it's highlighted in my notes, that will not work, he should not eat. He should not have provision. So the more I walk, the better I walk, the wiser I walk, 
the smarter I work, the more efficient I am at my work, the more effective I am at my work, the more productive I am at my work, I will have more provision. That's why I, as a pastor, will come to the church and say, hey, we are contacting 5,000 plus people every week. This year, we are now going to go for 10,000. That will require more work, more sacrifice, more effort, more wisdom. I'm having a meeting with the shepherds and the donor pastors after service today. God has given me some ideas how we can achieve that goal. More work. And then more of the blessing that is already on us. Not just manifesting yet. It's defined expression. How did we get where we are? We did more work. Accounts for everybody that comes to church. That required more work. Start going out for soul winning. Start inviting people like you've never done before. More work. It's not rocket science. Verse 11. We hear that there are some in King's Word. It's not just in Thessalonica. Who walk among you in a disorderly manner. That's what he called somebody that is not working. Rascality. Disorderly manner. Not working. So you are not confused about what he's saying. Look at verse 11. We hear that there are some, some who walk among you in a disorderly manner. No work. Not working at all. Not working at all. But they are busy bodies. That's what joblessness or not. I don't want to use joblessness. Not workingness. Because that you don't have a job doesn't mean you should not have work. I'm coming there in a minute. They are busy bodies. Verse 12. Now those who are such. I'm talking to you today if you're under the sound of my voice. More importantly, God is talking to you. Command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they walk. Not pray. Walk. Not beg. Walk. Not cry. Walk. That they walk in quietness. And eat their own bread. That's where provision comes. That's where money comes. Through the work of our hands. Somebody shout a loud amen. Ephesians 4.28 Let him that stole steal no more. That's what happens when there's no provision. Sooner or later you start lying. Sooner or later you start stealing. You will come to church and take somebody's phone that is not your phone. You have those kind of experiences. Sometimes I don't say, hey, they, they stole my phone. In the house of God. See, why won't somebody end up doing that? Why? He doesn't have his own provision because he's not working. And that's why. That's the Bible reason. It's not the devil. It's not the Bwari economy. It's not Donald Trump in the White House. It's not because you're a black man. It's not because you're a woman. It's not because they're sad. Mm-hmm. Let him that stole steal no longer. Please, if you are one of those people that comes to church to steal people's phones and bags, stop it. Stop it. That's not the solution to your financial problem. In fact, you are just digging the hole for yourself. You are making it worse. I should be able to come to this church and leave a million dollars here. Dollars. Praise God. 
and be comfortable. But not in 2018, sir. And not in the book of Ephesus. Since Bible days, so it's not peculiar to us since Bible. They had to tell them, thieves in the church, stop stealing. Thieves outside the church, stop stealing. But some people, they only say, yes. Some people, it's not in church, it's in their office that they are stealing. Stop fabricating invoices in the office. Ah, they gave you 10,000 naira to buy something. You go to the market, it's 8,000 naira. Don't pocket the 2,000 naira. Hey, thief. Come back and say, hey, praise God, though. I thought it was 10,000 naira. 2,000 naira. Stop stealing. Walk. The solution is not stealing. Let him that stole steal no longer. But rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give. That's how provision comes. Praise God. Now, please quickly receive this. Work is not the same thing as having a job. So don't say, ah, well, Pastor T, I've been looking for work for the last five years and I've not been able to get a job. That is not what we are saying. There are some people that have a job, they are not doing any work. I go to the church, I never can never office. And I will see 10 people charging card. Is that work? I invited some of them to church. I hope they are not here. But if they are here, they need to hear it. Is that work? I work in the Palapetal of so and so. Go there in the morning, you arrive at 9 o'clock, you sleep. Because there's nothing to do. And then you go home in the evening. And of course, they are paying you a meager salary. And you say you have You don't have work. That's your problem. You have a job, but you don't have work. That's why you are broke. It's not about a job. It's about a work. There are two different things. They can be synonymous. And if you are not wise and discerning, you can get confused. Work is not the same thing as a job. There are people that have jobs that do little or no work. What is work? Solving a problem. Primarily for people. My wife works for Sambika Business Bank. The owners of this, of this bank, which is not, which we are not, they set up the bank to do certain things which they can't do themselves or they can't do all by themselves. Praise God. So they employ people. Help me to do this. You handle this part of the job. I will pay you something. That's what's working. If you are not solving problems, or the problems you are solving are too small, helping us with charge on the back end, and that's what you do with your life. In a sane developed economy, those things are done by machines. Not human beings. Your capacity as a human being. What God has deposited in you as a human being, particularly a new creation, you are too superior to such weird things. Helping you. Don't be angry with me. I'm helping you. I'm helping you. Work is solving problems all around you. Either by assisting someone else, I am assisting Reverend K in carrying out the work that God gave him. He can't be here in Nigeria. He can't be here in Ikeja. But there's work to be done in Ikeja. Somebody has to preach the word of God in Ikeja. 
to the people of God in Ikeja. And he can't do it. Walk. So it's either your own, somebody else. That's self-employment if you are working for yourself. Or employment if you are working for somebody else. Glory be to God. I have talked to you a lot about first mentions in this teaching series. The first use of faith was for financial resources by Abel. The first miracle Jesus did was a miracle of provision. The first blessing that God gave Abraham, of all the blessings God gave him, was in finances. Remarkable. It's interesting that the first thing God gave Adam was not a wife, but work. That should sink inside everybody's spirit. Genesis 2. From verse 8, the Lord planted a garden eastward of Eden, and there he put the man he had formed to be having vacation, to be looking at the beauties of what God did, to be admiring the wonders of creation. No! Verse 15, the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. Amazing! So every man, every woman, your first part of duty is work. You are not working, you will not be provided for. Pray all the prayer you want to pray. Steal all the money you want to steal. Beg all the begging you want to do, you will still be broke. The solution is work. The solution, the answer, the fix is work. We can help you on your way to working. In this church, you have a welfare need, tell us. God will not fix everything. As God provides, we help people. We always tell the pastors. Anyone that brings a welfare request and it's a matter of the person can't afford it, we must train that person and empower that person. Please organize the next six So that tomorrow we won't be helping you pay your rent again. Go and walk. Not beg, not steal, not borrow. Walk. Give him work. So listen to this. You don't need a job to find work. You know, he never gave me an employment letter. He never discussed my salary. Never, and we will never do it. Never. You don't need a job to find work. Work for God if no one gives you work. Let me come there. Ah, I've been looking for a job for the last five years. I can't find. Stop looking for a job. Employ yourself. I was going to do a panel today. We have so many people that have done that in this church. But I, I just couldn't fit inside the program. Maybe one of you I will do it. One of you I will invite the guy that does our graphics work. Work. All the graphics we designed is work. There are people here that feed people. You know how many people in Lagos that have to eat? There's somebody, you see a post, 3 a.m. in the morning or so, they are up, getting ready to go and to feed people. The last time I saw her, they were doing something for Australian consulate. I don't know whether she was a guest there or she was providing the food. They would have passed for that walk. I was going to do for that Sometimes you see her walking later. Like that. <laughs> walk! That's how you get provision. Not prayer. You can pray till forever. You will still be broke. Nobody will tell you. Now, when you walk and you pray on top of the walk, then there will be abundance. 
work for God. So if you can't work for people, you can't be carried because you will not employ you. The king's word will not employ you. Which is those anything? There's no God in God that does not deliver. At least while I'm director of operation. Tell them we are all children of God. We are serving our father here. Now there are people we pay. You are not employed. You have an inheritance, not a job. Am I here now? Amen. If you can't find work for, for people or employ yourself, work for God. God needs workers. Start praying as a job. So you tell God, I want to pray for souls. I want to pray for my pastor. One, you know, a job can have 20 different pastors. Then I'm going to go out and do work. I, I wish I had time to fix that. Work. Work for people. Work for yourself. Work for God. Please hear this. Because I need to close now or shortly. There is no reason under heaven why anyone shouldn't or doesn't have work. There may be a reason why you don't have a job. There may be a reason why you can't start your own business. But there is no reason why you should not have work. Because till forever, God is putting men in gardens. Till forever. Till forever. God needs people that with their job is prayer. We saw that in the gospel. When Jesus was born, there was one Anna woman, there was one other Simeon man. What they were doing for God was praying. And they prayed the branch of the Messiah. God needs people that will be evangelizing communities. So even if there's no employment and you too, you can't find something, you can't self-employ, God has a job for you. Can I hear a loud amen? There is only one reason I've found why people don't work. It's called laziness. Please don't get angry with me. And don't categorize me with worry. That's not where I'm going. That's not where I'm going. Let me talk to you about that word briefly. Laziness. You see, Satan will not come and appear to you and say, I'm the devil, come and worship me. Ordinarily speaking. So, laziness will not come and say, I'm laziness. Let me live with you. It will disguise itself. It will act self operating in your life but not be people. It will camouflage itself. Look, look at what I'm giving you here. You should be storing up from what God blesses you with income that comes into your hand. You should. Storehouse. That's where we say from. Don't spend everything. And if your challenge is, I don't even make enough so that I can have fun to store. The diagnosis is you need to find more work. If you can't find work for yourself or someone to employ, you work for God. Look for something in the house of God and start doing it. If you don't know what to do, you need a pastor to counsel you. I just mentioned a few things you can start to today. Look for there's, there's work in the kingdom of God. There are still too many sinners on the face of this earth. And thank God from point zero, you can start working from God. Can I hear a loud amen? If you can't do that, I'm telling you, laziness is on the horizon somewhere. Laziness is working in your life somewhere. And that's what I want to talk about. Because even those of us that are working, laziness can still be creeping. So you are reaching 5,000 people when in fact you ought to be reaching, reaching 20,000 people. And you are counseling yourself, ah, that's why we are trying. We are reaching 5,000 people this week. So you are being lazy. Your capacity is more than 5,000. Your capacity is actually 20,000. But laziness has encroached 
it has camouflaged itself out of great wrong, out of radical stuff, out of people are getting convenient for them outside. But laziness has encroached, limiting the work you are doing, and thereby cutting off the blessings manifested in your life. And you don't know it. So I'm talking to everybody here this morning, you know, whether you are in the fire extreme of you are just waking up every Monday and just thinking of yourself because you are not sitting in bed. And you are thinking, ah, when I come to this world, they will help me with welfare. I won't tell anybody about that. I'm helping them with that. Or you are the director of operations of a church and every week you are reaching 5,000 people. It doesn't mean you are not lazy. Talk to me, somebody. Are you here? Lift those hands where you are. Say, Father, help me. Wherever I am, concerning work, Lord, grant me wisdom to begin to function at my true capacity. Help me, like you helped Adam, to do the work you have ordained for me to do. In the name of Jesus. Adam killed every animal in that garden. Mental work. God could have done it, but God said, Adam, do it. And watch this. I wish I had time to study Genesis 2 with you. But you can go and read at home. It was until he did that work that God brought his wife. God had said before, it's not good for Adam to do it, to be alone. Like God had said, it's not good for anybody to be broke. But God didn't take action. Then the Bible said, Adam named all the animals. And there was still no help meet for him. Then God called the two people who God made him. After the work, some things don't happen until after you walk. I will say that to somebody again. Some things don't happen until after you walk. Let me talk to us in this church. Some things don't happen until after we do more work. When we hit that touching 10,000 people every week, you see what we have in this church. After you walk. So let's attack the spirit of laziness this morning. In the bid to fix financial challenges. Let's attack, let's cast out the spirit of laziness in the bid to deal with financial challenges. Proverbs 13, 4. How can we identify laziness? It is self. It doesn't show in my life. After all, I go to that Nepal office and I help 1,000 people to recharge their Nepal card and I think I'm working. How can we identify laziness? Watch. Proverbs 13, 4. The soul of the lazy man. I love the Bible. I love the Bible. It tells you things that naked eye cannot tell you. The soul of the lazy man desires and he has nothing. He has financial challenges. But the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. Number one, standard of laziness. When I don't have the abundance that I hope, laziness is on the rise. That is my first definition of laziness. It is the opposite of the lack of diligence. Are you still with me this morning? Please don't lose track of what we are doing. We are fixing our financial challenges. Laziness is the opposite or the lack of diligence. And this is how you know it is on the horizon when you are not as rich as you are. He said the diligent man shall stand before kings. When you are not standing before kings, laziness is on the horizon. When what you are doing, kings are not calling for you, requesting for you, inquiring about you, you're not working as you ought to be working. Laziness is on the horizon. It may not be as bad as you are sleeping 12 noon on a Monday morning while everybody has gone to work. 
But it may be that you are reaching 5,000 when you ought to be reaching 25,000. Praise God. Are you still with me? Look at another one. Let me define diligence before I move on. So you can identify laziness. It is this how the Bible defines the dictionary defines the Bible. Dictionary defines diligence. Constant and earnest efforts to accomplish what is undertaken. Praise God. Persistent exertion of body and mind. When you are not doing that, when you are not persistently employing or exerting your body or mind to name the animals that God gave you to name, you are being lazy. Or laziness is encroaching into your life. When you are not constantly and earnestly applying efforts to accomplish what is undertaken, we want to reach 10,000. You undertook effort for January and February, but this is March and April. You have stopped laziness and septic. I know you are still coming to church. I know you are still contacting the 5,000 you have. But your goal is more than that. And the moment you stop, laziness is on the horizon. Can I hear a loud hallelujah? Proverbs 21, 25. The desire of the lazy man kills him. He wants to pay his rent. He wants to buy a house. He wants to go to the buy of vacation. But he's a lazy man. Why is he lazy? His hands refuse to labor. So what's laziness? Refusal to work. Refusal. Leaving a fixing financial conference after the pastor taught on laziness and exhorted don't be lazy and two months later you are still not working. Refusing to work. And usually this is how that thing manifests itself. Watch it. Proverbs 24. <laughs> the lazy man will not plow because of winter. He will beg during the harvest and have nothing. So that refusal to work, it, it comes, look at this, failure to plow or sow when it's not convenient. It's not convenient to be dropping your CV in 1,000 places. It's not convenient to start, start something, employ yourself. You would rather they call you and give you an office and a job. It's not convenient to take it upon yourself and go to start praying for souls. I'm going to start praying for the pastor. I'm going to start evangelizing my community by myself. It's not convenient. But when you don't plow in winter, do the things that are not convenient. Laziness has camouflaged itself. Oh, hallelujah. Let me give you one more here. Watch out for these things. So, please, ensure there is diligence in your life. How do I know there is abundant provision? There is always abundant provision. Please, make this a goal. Like Pastor T is testifying. To the glory of God, that money never finishes in my hands. Make that your goal if it's not yet your goal. Make that your goal. I'm not something from heaven. The soul of the lazy man. He said the soul of the diligent man is rich. There's always provision. So when there isn't provision, check. Examine yourself. I'm not cursing you. I'm not trying to depress you. I'm lighting up shadows so you can see truth and so that you can fix financial problems. Watch out. When you are not standing before kings, watch out. When you are refusing to walk, refusing to walk, 
Sometimes you give people opportunities, they will mess it up. Watch out for those kind of things. It's the spirit of laziness above. Camouflage. Stealth. And look at this one and oh, do we do this well in Nigeria? Proverbs 22 13. The lazy man says, There's a lion in the street. There's a lion outside. I will be slain in the streets. He said that in January. Pastor T did not listen. So watch what he wants to tell Pastor T in me. Proverbs 26 13. The lazy man says, There's a lion on the road. A fierce lion. No, in January it was just a lion. In May, it's a fierce lion. And Pastor T is not going to listen. What's talking about there when you keep making excuses? Hey, it rained. That's why I didn't do it. Hey, there was traffic. That's why I didn't do it. And you have not done it for the last six months. Laziness camouflages as excuses. Genuine excuses. Stealth. It hides when you keep repeatedly making excuses. Said it once. There's a lion outside that shall be slain in the streets. Said it again. First time, Proverbs 22, 13. Six months later or four chapters after. It's now a fierce lion on the road. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen to me as I close. There are a number of things I was going to share, but maybe I'll do that in the middle service. Listen to me very carefully. There is no financial problem in any life under the sound of my voice that God has not taken care of. Can I hear a loud amen? Let us walk. And to be sure, to be sure that we are walking as we ought, let us cast out the spirit of laziness. Don't take excuses. Don't give reasons. Find out what God will have you do. Don't even be satisfied because you have a job. We are laughing at the people in the Nepal office, but you may be in a bank somewhere. And you are still not walking to the fullness of your capacity. You are supposed to be able to name all the animals. So don't let your job limit your work. Can I hear a loud amen? Your job is not your work. Work for people when the door presents itself. If you are employed, praise God. Work for yourself. If they don't employ you and you have a skill, you can cook. You can sew clothes. You can write code and create Facebook. Work for yourself. Bless God. Work for God. Work for God. Continue with it on Wednesday. There are a few patterns I want to share here. We'll continue with it on Wednesday. Rest on your feet, everyone. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone. 234 810